and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. And that's right, everybody. Welcome back once again to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. After a big week here at Best Seat in the House podcast, where we had a lot of fun doing our live stream on Saturday and our our show with Carl last week, which is quickly becoming one of um, our, our most highest rated shows we've ever done. Uh, you know, it's it's been a fun week, Dancer. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I mean, that's a fun week, but that was just the opener. I feel this weekend's a big thing. I'm looking forward to. I mean, you got the state, you got the savior game at Rangers versus Islanders this 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 uh, this Sunday at the Meadowlands. We're both gonna be attending that. I'm excited about that. I'm a I'm, I'm, and you know, and as soon as they get home, because because it, because it, because this, this year it, I mean, it happened to work out that it's on at the same time, taking place at the same time as the Daytona 500. I have the Daytona 500. I'll have it recorded on my DVR to watch as soon as they get back home. Which, by the way, anyone on social media, do not, I repeat, do not talk to me about the race. If you if, if you if you watch if you if you watch the live, do not talk to me about about the Daytona 500 because I'm going to be watching it right after I got I get home I have I have it I have it I I I'm going to I'm I'm recording it on my DVR to watch I'll be watching I'll be I'll be wa- I'll be watching it when I get home I don't want to know one I'm even going as far as avoiding anyone on Twitter who probably will be me- mentioning the race who including some I know who including some I know who are probably going to be attend or probably attending a race I'll be avoiding any talk any any Twitter feed from anyone who would probably be talking about the race until until I've watched it because I want to I want to watch it live like I like a, I want to watch it like I you know almost like I'm watching it live. But aside, aside from the part I'll be fast forwarding the commercials, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be sitting through the commercials. I it, when I when I watch a race that's recorded on my DVR, I I fast forward the commercials. If I watch it live, I sit through the commercials. But if I'm watching it recorded on my DVR, I fast. I fast forward the commercials. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to see Dan's reaction and his thoughts about the uh, the um, the upcoming Daytona 500 that's taking place next week, while we will be at that Stadium Series game, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon because Bobo's Trackside Minute will be coming back for the first time since November, and uh, he'll be doing his uh, you know his uh, little his little mini show within a show. Doing, uh, you know, giving his thoughts about the Daytona 500, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. And I could, I could, I could tell you one, one of these days we need to do a best seat in the house episode where we, where we attend a NASCAR Cup Series race. I have, I, I, even though I don't know you don't really follow NASCAR, I have a feeling you'd enjoy it if you, if you attended. You probably still enjoy attending it. It's a, I mean, they, it's always a great crowd. I mean, fans, the fans are very enthusiastic. They. I mean, it, it, they they really make it a party. Like I can tell you, it's a, 
they 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 are they are always very enthusiastic fans, and I can tell you from someone who has met who have met a few NASCAR drivers, they are very fan friendly. The most of the NASCAR drivers I've met. Oh yeah, that uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense, man. I've heard the same thing, and yeah, I'm I'm you know not that up on uh, NASCAR too much. I really uh, uh, you know don't know too much about the sport that much, but I definitely. Uh, I definitely agree with you in the fact that if I ever went to a live event, I would definitely love it. You know, you get into it. Like you said, the fans are passionate. Uh, obviously when you got these, uh, these, these beautiful, you know, incredible cars driving past you at excessive speed, you know, it's always gonna, you know, bring that, that, uh, excitement out in you a little bit. You have to be dead and not have a pulse to not get into that kind of thing. So yeah, man, I definitely would be into that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and another another word of advice, of course, about a race. Bring, you definitely want to bring sunscreen because most of these NASCAR venues are, even though they have some of their seating capacities are almost larger than than a lot of football stadium capacities. They they are most some most of these tracks are single single deck uh single deck uh grandstands. They don't have any shade, so yeah, definitely got to bring sunscreen and uh and and and. And and uh, definitely earplugs. Trust trust me, it's it's <laughs> very loud. If you've seen that person in it, it 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 caught it caught my uncle off off guard the first time he went to a race. He didn't he didn't quite know, know, and that quite know what that they didn't quite get the grasp how loud it how loud that was gonna be. But he 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 he, he figured it out after. <laughs> yeah, and if you're a long time listener, you'd know that. Uh... That is very good advice for me, because if you remember last year when I went to uh, spring training, I did a show with, uh, you know, with Bo right after the game or, you know, one of the games that, that I had gone to. And uh, let's just say that I looked a lot more like a lobster than I do right now. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you, you're definitely right. Pack that, um, <laughs> that uh, you know, sun lotion and everything like that, because uh, you're definitely going to need it out in that Florida heat. Yeah. Yep. That's true. That's true. And, and pretty, and pretty much most of the time of year that, that, that the tracks host the NASCAR usually, usually the scheduling is set right. That the plate that, that each of the race dates are at a, are at a time of year where, where the weather is good at that specific place. Cause there's a reason they open. There's a reason why the, the, like the race over, like one of the closest venues to here, here in here in New York, usually the Pocono Raceway, and of course Dover. They usually do it around a time of year; it's a bit warmer when they when they when they hold those races in those areas. That's very true, very true, Dan. And you know what? Let's uh let's uh go from the beginning of the NASCAR season kicking off next Sunday to the end of the football season that we all just witnessed this past Sunday. As uh, we saw the Chiefs defeat the 49ers 25-22 in overtime. Uh, really a thrilling game. The, the Niners led by 10 early on. It seemed like the Niners kind of led throughout this whole game, but they just could not shake the Chiefs. Every time they turned around, the Chiefs were right there, coming right back. And it ends up being 22-25 in overtime uh, as the Chiefs kick the uh the ot winner to uh get the uh field goal with uh, about three seconds left in overtime so they took every second left that they could and uh the chiefs now become the first team 
to win consecutive Super Bowl championships dating all the way back to the 03-04 Patriots. So it's been a long time. Uh, but, man, I mean, you know, I know a lot of people were rooting against the Chiefs, but you got to give it to them for just having that championship DNA, right? Yeah, I, I just got to give it to them for that. They, they, I mean, they are good. Plus, I realize that oh, their, their, their defense, I, I got to get credit. I mean, Spagnuolo, the, I mean, the, that's the defense, defensive coordinator, the 2000, 2007 Giants, that, 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 that another team that just had a very formidable defense, that was mm-hmm. able to pull up that that really played a factor that 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 during that Super Bowl of pulling one of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history. So so yeah. that I had, I have to get credit to that. But also, when I look at this game, I think that I could I, without a doubt, two mistakes that the 49ers made cost probably cost them the Super Bowl. One that uh that that mit, that mit, that uh. That fumble on a on a punt return in in a game. Yep. I have to keep recording that one, but that, that that definitely cost of the game. And the other one had to be that 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 missed extra point, like really, really cost them. And I kind of feel bad for that kicker because I know, prob- I don't know, I don't know if San Francisco fans are like or like us New York fans, but. I know, I know. In New York, that guy might have been run out of town the way with that. So I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly know how they react, how they react to that guy at San Francisco. But man, you gotta feel bad for that. And, yeah, that was definitely a, uh, a a bad spot. You're right about that, man. But you know, you can't kill the guy for the missed field goal because that that extra point, although it did come back to bite them, it really wasn't until later in the game. And, you know, even though I think you're right, he definitely would get a lot of heat here in New York if he missed that that kick. That doesn't matter at any point in the game. But, I mean, come on. We can't kill the guy that much, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ho- I, I can't ho- – hopefully, hopefully this guy doesn't pull a Ray Finkel, if you, if, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, as long as he uh... – you know, d- doesn't get a sex change operation and starts dating a or, or going after a, a local pet detective. I, I think we'll all be pretty good. And uh, <laughs> I think the uh, 49ers uh, the, were on the uh, the losing end of this one. Because you remember the Ray Finkel Super Bowl that, you know, they kind of made up in that movie. The Niners ended up beating the Dolphins in the 1980 Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, hey, it all comes back together here on Best Seat in the House podcast. And and you know what, Dan? Actually, uh, that gives us the opportunity now where me and you, I, I don't know, everybody watched the show last week. We had a really great episode with Carl on episode 101. Then we did our live stream over the uh, weekend on Saturday where we kind of did like a, you know, like a bonus show live stream where we were testing out Instagram live and, and X live and, uh, you know, for uh, really the first time. Mini live. Over here. Um, but we did our Patreon show last week. So a lot of our regular listeners that aren't Patreon subscribers might not be aware. On this Patreon stream, me and Dan made a bet on the game. Uh, Dan predicted that the 49ers were going to win 27-17. 
I predicted that the uh, Chiefs were going to win 34-21. So neither one of us got the score right. But I got the Chiefs, Dan got the Niners, and the bet was laid out. The winner, you know, whosoever team won, whether it was the Chiefs or the Niners, the losing guy would have to sing a Taylor Swift song. And Dan, you bet on the 49ers, and you are a man of your word. And you sung uh, Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. So before we show it, do you have anything that you'd like to say to set this clip up? Yeah, we're going to jump right into it and uh, show Bobo paying off the video right now. Yeah, oh. exactly. My my sister had – the little thing my sister had told me right after the game ended, she said, whatever you do, Bobo, do not put on a Cavus Chelsea jersey and a wig when you're filming this. Yes, yes. And like the, here it is. Uh, I go out too late. Got nothing on my brain. That's what people say. That's what people say. I could want too many days. But I can't make them say. At least that's what people say. That's what people say. But I keep cruising. Can't stop, won't stop moving. It's like I got music in my mind saying it's gonna be alright. Players gonna play, 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 and the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> there we go, Dan. All right, pretty good, right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just felt horrible after after that, having to be subject to singing, a, having to sing a Taylor Swift song. That was torture. But I well, you deserve have, a round of applause for it. Yeah, I have. Even though as much as and as much as as much as I and as yeah. much as I dislike Taylor Swift, I respect some the comments she made about apparently why she won't. She has refused offers to do a Super Bowl halftime show. She has said she does not want it. She does not want her fans hogging up the tickets. Apparently, she said she won't do a Super Bowl halftime show because she does not want her fans hogging up the tickets and feel and take. She feels it would take away ticket tickets from re, real fans of the of the teams that you know, you know, foot, football fans. She says she doesn't want she doesn't want a crowd full of she doesn't want her fans hogging up the tickets because she doesn't want it to be about her. Apparently. I just wish the networks got that got got that memo, because all all they do is show shots of her every time the Chiefs scored, or every time Travis Kelsey made made made, made some catch. They they always showed a shot of her. I wish they unfortunately the and unfortunately the NFL has, I mean not really the NFL but the TV networks like a CBS, Fox, NBC, ESPN, any any network that broadcasts NFL games has not gotten the memo that. Taylor Swift does not want it about to be about her. Yeah, yeah, and uh, hey, you definitely got to give her credit for that. Uh, obviously, the networks are going to try to milk every second out of it as they possibly can, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, people will still find a way to get into the Super Bowl, whether the Swifties wanted to see her or not, but yeah, I mean, you got to give her credit for that. That's a, uh, you know, 
at least she's uh, putting football first. And by the way, people, after that bet has been paid off and now the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror, we don't have to talk about Taylor Swift for a long time. Right, Dan? Yeah, and hopefully next year we're not talking about Taylor Swift. Hopefully we're talking about – hopefully next year we're talking about an old New York Super Bowl, which I would – I would love to see that because that would be that would be the first one of its kind, and that would be not not bad of a thing. And I just I, I know this whole thing isn't scripted because it didn't. I, I don't think the Super Bowl cult the, the the matchup turned out to how people thought the color of the logo was going to match didn't didn't quite live up to that. Plus, I looked up past Super Bowls and the colors of the logo, and it didn't match up to that. So I kind of don't believe that conspiracy. But I know personally, you probably saw the logo for next year's Super Bowl and you and you personally probably saw green and you're probably thinking oh that you're thinking you're thinking that green and the Super Bowl logo that a little bit of that little line of like I think it was like in 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 I think in letterings it was like a line of green you probably think that green means one thing if you think that I'm going to say after this season, the Jets are going to be in the Super Bowl next year, my friend, you are out of your mind. <laughs> I, I, uh, I did notice the green. You are correct. But I, I was looking at it like, man, the NFL knows how to torture Jet fans because that's going to make every Jet fan that hasn't been as jaded as me uh, think, oh, maybe we're going to be in the Super Bowl next year. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, even if that is the case, I can't sit here in February after the awful season the Jets just put me through and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be in the Super Bowl next year. I, I can't do it. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, you know, you see the green and the logo and it kind of makes your uh, your head uh, wander a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I personally don't believe that logo conspiracy because I, I have to admit, I, I don't think I probably go – be, be be going dive, diving in that conspiracy if I saw any blue in the logo, but I mm-hmm. I, I, I I personally didn't think that the that the game really just plays out some sometimes just years it happen happen to be played out like that. Plus that I've seen past evidence where that lo where the colors in the logo didn't match up to it. I've uh, I've, oh, yeah. I, 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 I including I, this year. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've done, I've done, I've done some, I've done some research on that. So I do not think there's a, I do not think there's a logo, Super Bowl logo conspiracy going, going on there with the, with the Goodell and his, his minions. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's, uh, you know, for a year or two, the the colors kind of matched up and everybody kind of ran with it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, hey, it it would have brought a little bit more credence to it this year if the Ravens had won and we had that red purple Super Bowl, but didn't happen. So I agree with you. I think the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, it's, it's much ado about nothing. Let's, let's leave it at that. And uh, with that, everybody, Super Bowl is in the rear view mirror. Football is in the rear view mirror. And uh, right now I want to shift our focus to, obviously we got our uh, Rangers coming up as we're going to the stadium series. Before we get into that, I want to talk a little basketball right now. Is right now, as we're recording this game, the Knicks are currently playing the Orlando Magic. And uh, the Knicks did have a lead early, kind of faltered in the second and third quarters. Right now, they are down 70 to 58, down by 12. 
But, you know, hey, we all know the NBA. Things can change any time. But what I did want to look at was the game from uh, just a couple of days ago where the Knicks were in Houston, and they end up losing 105-103. Now, I don't know if you saw the end of this game, Dan, but it was much like this game where the Knicks trailed for a good portion of it. They came all the way back at the very end. They tied the game 103-103. And then when it looked like the game was just heading to overtime and you know, we, we were getting ready to uh, just take a quick break at the end of the fourth and head to overtime. They threw up a last second uh, Hail Mary-esque type of shot, and they called a foul on Jalen Brunson that was completely ridiculous. The, the referee who called it ended up later on admitting that it was a mistake, and because of that call, it put them at the line, two shots, 105-103, game over screwed the Knicks horribly out of that game. The Knicks have protested that game. Now, the NBA has not accepted a protest since the 07-08 season in a game uh, involving the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. So it's been a long time since we got anything. But, man, if you saw the end of that game, if anything deserves to be replayed and uh, to get a legitimate ending, it's the it's the Knicks, uh, you know, Rockets game from the other night because the Knicks got completely screwed. Yeah, exactly. I just feel they need to they need to replay that that they need to have. I guess guess it would be like an overtime from what I heard. If that happens, they need they need to do that. If they don't, the the, the, the whoever's in charge of the NBA needs to be put on the Scheiser list. Even the 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 the, the, the refs for sure need to be on the Scheiser list. Because that that yeah. was just that was definitely a a a a, 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 a me chanting bullshit bullshit whenever whenever a ref for an umpire in a sporting event make, makes a bad call. It's another another reason why I give to, advice to anyone who has a daughter: do not let your daughter marry an umpire or a referee. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, man. Because uh, that always comes to bite you in the ass. The referee, these guys, screwing you at some point. Screwed the Knicks in Houston. Um, three points. Recording this. So, um, you know, right now the Knicks have lost three straight in a row. Uh, they have not lost four straight in a row all year, so they're really trying to um, right the ship right now. Now we got to remember, OG is out. He's uh, he had the uh, elbow surgery, so he's going to be out for three weeks. Julius Randle still has the uh, contusion on uh, and for, you know from the the dislocation that he suffered a couple weeks ago. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson is down for the year, so. The Knicks really trying to work in a couple of these new guys. Alec Burks out there trying to get his uh, feet back underneath him. And obviously Bogdanovich, the big man, the, the Knicks have brought in. But, you know, they got to work themselves into the rotation. And, and Thibodeau has to learn how to get a feel for them right now. Now, I'm not going to sit here and panic if it takes the Knicks a week or two to mesh, you know, because a lot of their big guys are out right now, even with these two new pieces coming in. You know, you, you have to give Thibodeau and these guys a chance to figure things out, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. You got kind of have to give them a chance. They got that. They're going to be going into into the break, so I feel that's going to work in our favor. So I, so I, I expect I expect that to go. I expect that to turn. I expect that to turn out well. Go going into the break, and hope hopefully they. And I feel they were just trying to mail this one. Mail this one in. Yeah, let's hope they, they figure this out. Hold on, can you hear me? I I, I can't hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. You were just being a little staticky. Okay. Can you hear me? I, I can't hear you. Oh, oh damn it, you're sounding static again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, yeah, so you must have uh, been real happy seeing uh, that 2 nothing win the other night over the Flames, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I was happy. I was nervous. I was jumping up and down. I got to get credit. Igor was literally like a break. Well, he was pretty much like Gandalf in that scene in Lord of the Rings. He was like, hell shall not pass. Yep. And and literally, we, we got we got that win, a, a shutout by Igor. But unfortunately, we got news that Chris Kreider didn't show up for practice today. It was a no-show of practice, lower body injury, I heard. And unfortunately, yeah. I kind of I kind of don't like when the NHL does this lower body thing. Don't I don't quite get why it can't be more transparent, like the like the like MLB, like you hear like lower body could be anything, like you. It will be, you hear saying, if it's a hamstring, you hear it's a hamstring. If it's a knee injury, they, they say a knee injury. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. So, you know, but, the. But, uh, but, but what is that lower body? Is that like, I'm, I'm no doctor. Is that like a, maybe one game, maybe maybe a couple of days? Are you, he's going to be, he's got to be back, got to be ready for the stadium series on Sunday, right? Well, the, well, that's the thing, man. Lower body injury doesn't mean anything. I mean, technically, Filipino was out with a lower body injury since the beginning of November until he came back and got hurt the other day. So, I mean, they, they said it was a lower body injury the whole time, and he was out for about, what, three months? So, I mean, they're saying lower body. I agree with you. I don't think it's a, 
it's going to keep him out for a long time. But, uh, you know, they, they really don't give you any information on that at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't give any information on that. So that just bumped out that I'm not going to get to see one of my favorite players on the team on a, potentially on Sunday. One of the few times they, I get to see the Rangers. Yeah, well, you know, they, they play tomorrow against the Canadians at 7 o'clock at the Garden. And, um, yeah, they're going to have the Stadium Series matchup with the Islanders on um, on Sunday. So what what I would think is I am going to expect that Kreider probably won't play tomorrow against the Canadians or, t- or today if you're watching this in the day that we release this on YouTube. Uh, but I got the feeling Kreider is a big game guy. And unless it's something, you know, obviously debilitating where he – he can't go out there no matter what. I think that Chris Kreider is going to find a way to be on the ice on Sunday. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm hopeful. I guess I gotta see my guy. I gotta see my fellow, my fellow April 30th born. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Chris Kreider. Obviously, you know you don't like to hear him say that. Or you know initially too, the thing that they really tried to keep it under wraps was they said that Kreider missed practice for personal reasons earlier today and then it came out that he had the lower body injury so the rangers were even trying to really keep it under wraps that he was banged up at all so it also kind of makes me think that there's a reason for that that they don't expect it to be long because you know if if it's a long injury you can't hide it anyway because he's going to be out so um it kind of makes me think that the rangers are just playing it safe and you know what if the best thing for for the team to do is sit him tomorrow, you know, the, there are worse things that can happen. I'm, I'm, I'm... So the other thing I wanted to ask you, Dan, was that um, Rangers over the last couple of weeks, they've waived a couple of veteran players that a lot of people thought were going to be um, playing pivotal roles on this team. I mean, obviously – the first guy that they waived was just a couple of days ago. They waived um, Tyler Pitlick for that number four um, uh, right wing role. And the other guy that um, that a lot of people were really shocked when it happened that they ended up getting out of here, um, you know, and he's down in uh, – well, he, he, he didn't report to the AHL, which he could have is Nick Bonino. So that's two guys, Tyler Pitlick, uh, who is what? I think in his, I think Tyler Pitlick is 32 and Nick Bonino is 35. So you got two vets with plenty of playoff experience, all uh, being shown the door. And the Rangers are bringing in a couple of young guns. Obviously they've brought up Adam Edstrom, who is a really big guy. who could play in the wing. He could play in the middle. Um, they really like the power that he had. He scored a goal in his first game up here from the AHL when he came up in December. And, um, you know, what do you think about that, Dan, about the the Rangers looking to go with a uh, somewhat younger lineup? Uh, they even also brought up, I don't know exactly how to say his name, Anton Blitz. He's, uh, he's a little bit older. He's 28, so he's a little bit more um, – you know, in that mold of uh, a, a, a NHL veteran. But Edstrom, man, I mean, bringing up Edstrom really shows that 
the there's something that the Rangers and probably Coach Laviolette really like about this kid to have him up here, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I hear something brewing at the trading deadline I've been hearing. Yeah, they, well, they better have something brewing right now because when you lose, realistically, let's think about it. There's 12 players in a four-man, you know, lineup for the NHL where you have, you know, all three guys, top line, second line, third line, fourth line. Um, you have 12 guys there. Three of those 12 guys need to be replaced. You know, you have um, Tyler Pitlick, you have Nick Bonino, and you have Philip Heedle. All gone, all most likely not coming back uh, for the regular season, at least. And the Rangers got to replace them. You know, we talked about Frank Vetrano. We talked about Adam Henrique. They, and not only in addition to those guys, the Rangers have to bring in a center. They need a guy that can win faceoffs that, and a guy that has playoff experience to plug in in, in this rotation. Because even if you're going to go with, with uh, you know, a, a young guy like Edstrom and just take the reins off and let him go, that means you're still going to have to pick up a center and you're probably going to have to pick up either a guy like Vetrano or a guy like uh, Adam Henrique, most likely not both. So, I mean, what do you what, what do you think, Dan? If, if this is your team and you are making the decision, would you rather bring in a vet from the outside or see what what one of your kids has to do in the AHL first? I feel like if you're if you're gonna you're going for it, you got to bring someone from you got to bring someone from the outside. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. And um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, definitely agree with you on that. They're definitely going to have to uh, figure out a way to bring something in. And um, yeah, you know what? Also, too, uh, before we get out of here, we're going to cut it a little bit short today because obviously we're having a lot of uh, technical difficulties that we're going to try to get worked out before the next show. But uh, before we did close up shop, I wanted to um, talk about a little baseball since we're, we're always big on baseball here. And what better time to get into it than spring training when spring training is just kicking off. We had the Mets report for spring training yesterday. We had the Yankees report to spring training today. Uh, you know, after a long offseason, Dan, we know it's been a long offseason. What are your feelings going into baseball season right now? Because I'm very pessimistic about the Mets right now, but, um, you know, it's still always good to see the guys reporting for spring training, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. With this rough winter weather, we've had a couple of cold days. I was, I, 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 I was, there were some people I knew that were, that, that are going to spring training that are there now that were sending me some pictures and, it just made me wish I was in the – I could be in that warm weather right now. Like, they're, in, they're in warm weather, probably in shorts, you know, drinking a Corona, you know, and they're, and they're getting – and they're getting – and they're probably getting – and they're seeing the players up close like that. I – I, I as, as, even though I feel they, 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 they should have done more, I, I kind of feel like it's hit or miss to this team – and I hope again, hope that David Stearns ha- does the right thing at the at the trading deadline because I feel like this is going to be a team that's probably going to have to end up taking it as a wild card, and they need to make that move. They need to make that move. That team's in contention move. They don't need. They can't. 
go soft on the on that decision. They need to really they need to really they can't half ass that they got to make go for the big move. I feel this oh. time. If if, if they're if they're at the if they're if they're at the oh. deadline, they, they, I I just can't see them being being in contention at the trading deadline. Stay put. That, will, but that's if the, that's if they're in contention, though, Dan. Let's let's think about this. You know, yeah. I was just reading this thing today where uh, they posted a picture of Kodai Senga and Luis Severino standing next to each other, and at and um, what's his name, uh, Anthony DeComo, you know, one of the Mets. MLB.com beat reporters who's on top of it as anything. He quoted that picture with saying the number one and two pitchers in the Mets rotation. Are you out of your mind? And I'm not saying he's wrong because unfortunately he's right. But Luis Severino was the worst pitcher in baseball last year. And the Mets gave him $13 million and the number two spot in our rotation. The rotation is garbage. The bullpen is garbage. I see them talking about, um, you know, Adam Adovino coming back, which, okay, Adovino was good one year. He's bad next year. You know, let's see what he's got this year. Okay, he's he's in his late 30s. But other than that, who the the Mets haven't had added anybody to the lineup. They once again swung and missed on Jorge Soler, who just went to the San Francisco Giants. I, I kept hearing them being linked to JD Martinez doesn't look like that's happening. So who are they bringing in? I don't I don't understand what and then I also have to read today too that David Stern said he doesn't expect uh, an extension with Pete Alonso to happen uh be, be before the season. And then I see well-respected writer Kevin Kernan who's a great writer, I have a lot of respect for him, talking about how if the Mets aren't going to uh sign Pete Alonso, they might as well just trade him. And you know what? To be honest, as much as I hate the idea of trading Pete Alonso, if the Mets are going to be stupid enough to not sign him to an extension, then you might as well trade him because then we can at least get something for him. If we're just going to let him walk and get nothing for him, then what happened? We, like, we might as well have Jeff Wilpon still running things right now because this is a disgrace. And the fact that the richest owner in sports, that's not okay with me. I, I am not okay with that. I'm not giving this guy a cent of my money this year, and I'm beyond frustrated with the New York Mets right now. I I I I don't know. So, somebody's got to hit David Stearns in the head. He he's got Steve Cohen behind it. He's got he's backed by Steve Cohen. He needs to remember he's backed by Rich's owner. I will be furious. This will be my equivalent. Of the tragedy of 1977, if the Mets don't keep Pete Alonso, yeah, yeah, it really will be. Pete Alonso is the best Met power hitter we've ever seen. I don't care what anybody wants to say. I know I wasn't alive for Kingman, and I very much respect Dave uh, Dave Kingman's resume and everything he did, specifically as a Met too. I love. Daryl Strawberry. I grew up with Daryl Strawberry. I grew up with Mike Piazza and Carlos Beltran and David Wright. I love all those guys. Guess what? Pete Alonso is a better power hitter than all of them. And for the Mets to sit here and act like it's, it's going to be okay if Pete Alonso is wearing another uniform, that's why we were so happy to get 
I, I can't believe we're having this conversation. This is why we were so happy to get Steve Cohen. And now this guy, David Stearns, is blowing everything up and he's going to let – and I know it's not you know in stone yet, but to me, the writing on the wall says if you're not going to sign Alonso before the season starts, then he's not going to be a Met after this year. And I hope I'm wrong, but that's the way it looks. And that makes me sick if that's true. Yeah, it, it does. I, I just feel like they could have signed him a long time ago before he jumped on the Scott Boris bandwagon. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. You see all the smart teams. Let's underscore that. Smart teams in the game. Like the Reds locked up a bunch of their younger players. The Atlanta Braves have locked up a bunch of their younger players. Who have the Mets locked up? They waited until Jeff McNeil won a batting title and then had to overpay him. And they haven't paid anybody else, any of the young guys. That's why we lost DeGrom, because they waited too long to give him an extension. That's why we lost Syndergaard, because they waited too long to give him an extension. That's why we lost Zach Wheeler, because they waited too long to get an extension. So it, it's, it's an organizational problem. The Mets don't have any idea what they're doing, and it's just a disgrace that they're going to sit here and look at this. I just pulled up Luis Severino's numbers. You want to hear what the this is what the Mets paid $13 million a year to be their number two starter. Last year in 18 starts, Luis Severino was four and eight with a 6.65 ERA. He only had 79 strikeouts in 89 innings, and his whip, which in case you, you're not familiar with, because you know, a lot of people give a shit about garbage stats like war today, but whip is an actual stat you can apply because it's walks and hits per innings pitched is 1.6 elite pitchers have like a 1.0 or under, you know, pretty good pitchers have like a 1.2. This guy had a 1.6. Are you kidding me? This is who the Mets gave a $13 million to. And, and, and look, I, I'm not saying that, there's no chance in hell that he can have a decent season this year. Because who knows? Maybe he can rebound and have a decent year. But that doesn't mean that you should be going in the basement bargain discount prices. This is exactly what we, you know, complained about with the with the Mets for. And sure, every once in a while you pull out a guy like Marlon Bird, who had a really good year off the scrap heap 10 years ago. But for the most part, the guys are garbage and they go back to being garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I, I seriously stopped picking out the dumpster. I did. I was. I am disappointed that this was just a dumpster diving season. I was expecting to, to just go a big time, and uh, also I, I know it probably was going to be a stretch for them to, to sign Otani, but they should have at least contact agents. Yeah, and I, 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 I can tell you, if I, if I've made it through this entire season. If 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 I, I, I swear if I, if if I if I, if I somehow, if I somehow well for one thing I feel there's going to be two victories here. For one thing, you find me, you find you you, you found me walking out of uh, walk, walking out of uh, City Field at the end of the season. Okay, still alive, still walking, functioning. I feel I made two victories. If it gets to the point that next season, I'm a, I'm physically able to, I'm, you know, I'm physically in the right health and everything to attend 
opening day 2025. I feel that's a victory because I feel this season is becoming like that, uh, I guess you could say like that Jets fan episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Only you could you could you could take out the Jets part and add Mets to, and, and put Mets in the place, and it's it, it's a similar. It'll be very similar, and yeah. it'll be a, it'll be a miracle if I made it made this if I make it through this okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, one other thing before we close up shop here, Dan, I wanted to take a look at um, uh, also two news breaking in the last couple of days that one of the guys of the rotation pieces that we're supposed to be happy about right now, Dick Peterson had off season hip surgery and he's going to miss the beginning of the season. So don't expect to see David Peterson anytime soon because this, this surgery caught him off guard, which by the way, come on, I, I know things sneak up on you, but how shitty are the Mets doctors that they're letting this guy's hip fly under the radar and he doesn't get a surgery until Right before camp starts. I mean, it seems what? like to me everything the Mets are doing is just wrong. What the heck? They can't even get good doctors. I mean, this is freaking New York. You've got some great doctors in New York, and they suck with the doctors they have. You think they would get the best in the business? And uh, they, this shocks me. They, they that hip replacement. That's I. I will be shocked if he even pitches to see them. Right, my. My mother had had a hip replacement surgery a few years ago. That's no joke. Yeah, it's true. It affects your entire body, especially when you're a pitcher. So, you know, now we just got to hope that this guy comes back and he's not all out of whack. You know, I mean, he didn't exactly have a great year last year, but I don't know, maybe his hip problem was a reason for that. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that everything goes right with, uh, with, with David Peterson. But uh, I don't know, man, it's uh not looking like a uh, bright season in Queens, but who knows? Sometimes, uh, you know, what did uh, Aaron Rodgers say after he got hurt? Uh, it is always darkest be- right before dawn. So keep that in mind. Maybe, uh, you know, they'll have a good season out of nowhere, but I'm not expecting it. But um, I think that's just about going to do it for us this week, Dan. Unless you have anything you'd like to, to add to that. Oh, I, oh, I, I do. I do got to say one thing, Mets. Please win a World Series while I'm still alive. And please do it while my dog's around and while my mom's around. And that's all I ask. I just want to see the Mets win a World Series. That's all what I really want to see. Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of people also want to uh, see, uh, you know, pigs fly. But I don't know if that's going to happen either. So, uh, well, but well, let's just well, keep well, your well, fingers pig, crossed. Pig, yeah, yeah, big, big flying is a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing, all right. That's that's a little big bigger stretch than a than a baseball team winning a winning a championship. Ooh, not if you're a fan of the team that we root for, buddy. Not if you're a fan of the team we root for, because yeah. uh, there have been a lot of insane things I've seen happen with this team, and it would be a lot. It would make a lot more sense if they had won a World Series. Oh. Well, I, I guess well the, well the talk. Remember how I said that Simpsons conspiracy? I was reminded of something in a Simpsons. I guess I, this wasn't a TV show, but for those Simpsons fans, you know they have published comic books of the Simpsons. There was a comic book where Bart was pulling a prank in his school computer lab by hacking into like computer systems, and apparently hacked into the all those electronic signs and all those advertisements at Times Square. 
and you see on the headline, Mets win World Series, maybe the Simpsons are predicting it happening in our lifetime. And when I didn't realize it, it, it happened. Well, let's hope. Uh, I'm not getting my hopes up, but hey, let's keep our fingers crossed, buddy. And uh, yeah, I think that's just about going to do it for us today. Dan, before we get out of here, do you have anything you'd like to plug for yourself? Sure, sure. I need to plug my uh, my my Twitter account, Bobo103NYC. Also, also Instagram, Bobo718DK, same, same handle of Tretz. Also, a little reminder... On my YouTube, there will be video of uh, me, me of, of of Robert and I at the stadium attending the the stadium series that you know the Meadowlands Rangers Isles will be will be attending the game. There's going to be a little video of us video of us attending the game where we're going. I'm going to film, and you you who all of you who subscribe to our Patreon will get early access to it. By the way, you got you guys yeah. get. You, you you guys will get early access to that video. Early access and probably you know a whole bunch of stuff that won't even be fully released to uh, to regular YouTube. Uh, most of it will be, but I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of stuff too that uh, we'll just have specifically for um, our uh, our patrons. And if you'd like to subscribe to Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash Best Eaton House Podcast. It's only five bucks a month. We appreciate your support. And, uh, yeah, I think that's just about going to do it for us, buddy. Um, as you can see, everything on the bottom, follow us on social media if you'd like. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, don't forget to uh, support all of our, our good friends like Carl from Who Are These Podcasts and uh, Eastside Dave McDonald. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it for us. So for uh, the Best Seat in the House podcast, this is my uh, co-host, Daniel Bobo Carlin. I'm Rob Kramer, and we'll catch you next week, everybody.